Welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast, where we explore the detail of what it really takes to achieve great success in the business of property developments and investments. Now let's get into this week's episode. And a very warm welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast. It's Nigel Green here from the ECRA Academy, and I'm absolutely delighted today to have Joe Balston with me. Hi, Joe. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Thank yeah. you for asking me. Oh, you're very, very welcome, and thank you for coming along. It's uh, can't wait to hear the story, to be honest with you, because you, you and uh, certainly Michelle are doing some amazing things in that sort of Southampton area, which is just uh, absolutely incredible. So I'm sure we're going to hear a few snippets about what you've been up to. But thank uh, you. <laughs> I think the, the first instance, just to help the listeners, maybe you can just. Um, you know, do an introduction to yourself and a bit about your background, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so obviously I'm Joe, um, and I run a property development company called JMBH Developments with my business partner, Michelle, who you just mentioned. Um, and we are based in Southampton, um, predominantly because that's kind of the center point between Michelle and I and where we both live. So it's convenient, but it's not exclusively Southampton. We'll kind of, you know, it's a, it's a, a an area of travel really. Um, and we've just been working on a project which is just coming to completion now, which is a, a conversion of uh, two office buildings using PD to create 10 flats. And then it had a full planning application as well for another one on the top. So 11 flats in total. Um, and yeah, we're kind of looking now for our next opportunity. We've got some stuff in the pipeline. So yeah, that's kind of yeah. what we're doing. Yeah, it's a lovely development that you're you're just about to to finish as well, which is which is great in the final throws, um, which is awesome. And uh, you know how you how you found that property, and there's a bit of a story behind that as well. But again, we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that in a bit. Can I ask you? I mean, what what made you choose property as your vehicle to wealth and success? Uh, I had a bit of an epiphany moment, and it, I was trying to figure out uh, how long ago it was. It was probably about seven years ago that I had this kind of turn point in my mind. And I've always loved spaces and buildings. And through my career, I've worked as an interior designer, um, mainly commercial stuff and public sector stuff. So quite a different area. And I've done that for sort of 20 years. Um, and about seven years ago, I was, uh, I was kind of, uh, I was living as a single mum with my little boy, who was probably about five at the time. That's how I've kind of figured it out. <laughs> He's 12 now. Um, and I was doing my job, which I was, you know, paid quite well for as a contractor, um, an interior designer in the kind of quite some fairly big developers and stuff. And it was quite a good job. Um, the downfall of that was that I spent all of my time working and I used to, you know, take him, drop him at my mum or at the childminder go to work, come back, pick him up and put him to bed. And I, I, I kind of suddenly stood there one day and I went, this is absolutely rubbish. I, can't, I really can't see how I can sustain this long term because he's growing really fast. I don't see him. Um, and then when I do have him, I haven't got any money left at the end of all of that <laughs> to actually, you know, do anything of quality with him. And, um, it was a it was a really kind of rubbish time, and I, I had this little teapot in the cupboard that I literally used to take cash out of the bank and put it in the teapot. And if I that was my budget for stuff, nice stuff. And if I ran out of, in fact, literally I used to put pe- petrol, food, and nice stuff in there. And if I ran out of money from the teapot, that was it. 
it's crazy. And I decided at that point that there had to be a better way that I needed to do something else. I didn't really know what that was going to be. Um, but I knew that I loved the idea of doing development. I just didn't know how I would get there. And I started kind of literally Googling, <laughs> how can I, how can I increase my income and kind of part-time and like literally searching wherever I could find. And I, I started exploring networking and going to some local networking and there were a number of little local networking groups for property around. So I went to those and I thought, what's the easiest way for me to kind of get in and talking to people and feel like I had some credibility. And so I was kind of like going from the angle of, you know, I've spent my career doing design, you know, spaces for people. I understand how improving a space visually can, you know, increase yields, can increase sale values. And um, if you've got an HMO, increase tenancy and all of this stuff. So I'll go in with that angle and kind of talk to people about that as a kind of foot in the door. And that's what I started doing. Um, and it was kind of one of those learning experiences, really. Like I'll go to those networking events and I'll just kind of suck it all in and hopefully come across somewhere, some path that will get me to where I want to be. <laughs> and that's what I did. And ultimately through that, I, I found that I, I found someone who offered me some mentorship for a year. And then I took that mentorship. Um, to learn how to do development that we're doing now. Um, so that was a bit of a long answer, but that's kind of what got me onto that path. It wasn't so much about the wealth, honestly. It was more about the time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think a lot of people can resonate with that and appreciate that. And a lot of people are in the same situation that they're, you know, they've they've got the job and, you know, they they feel got to go to work and earn the money, but it's at what cost, isn't it? Mm. And uh, I know personally, I, I was in a very similar situation um, some years ago, but, you know, I was, I was kind of flying all over the world doing various projects, but I miss the children growing up, you know, and yeah. that was one of my big regrets. And, you know, but I see it so much now, you know, of people that are in this very similar situation. And even when you're with them, you know, having that, that big, powerful job and Monday mornings looming, you know, it's just trying to be present in the moment as well with them. Mm -hmm. And you're not, you're, you're trying to be there and you're not thinking about all oh, that meeting on Monday morning. I've got to prep for it and I've got to do it sometime on Sunday and those sort of aspects, which, you know, it's a, it's a big motivator to say no more, isn't it? You know, very much so. It is a big motivator, but I'm really pleased that, and actually when you think about that, it was seven years, wasn't it? So um, and in 2019 was when I stopped my job and decided I was going to do, you know, branch out, do my new thing. Didn't quite know what it was going to be at that point. Bit of a worrying time, but I did it. Um, and from that point onwards, I kind of like have been working on that mindset of like, what, do, how do I want my life to be? So putting the boundaries of that up in place now and from that moment. So in response to what you're just saying about, you know, Sunday nights and dreading Monday mornings and all the prep and all the things, you know, have I, have I, am I ready? That it does shift quite a lot when you're working for yourself, but at least you're in control of that. And I still, there's still an element of that. Um, yeah. But yeah. at least you feel that you're in control of how that happens around, you know, what you need yes. to do. Yes. Yes, um, absolutely. No, that, that's, that's really, really resonates, you know, with your, your story there for sure. Um Maybe tell us, oh, actually, I'm going to ask you how you met uh, Michelle, your your business partner. Okay. Well, like I said, I was doing this networking and she's 
you know, we're not, we don't live that far apart. I did see her at networking events. I became aware of her through those networking events. And then when um, I joined on the mentorship program that I did for that year, that was the the training piece that got me kind of started. She was also there. Um, And it was a very small number of people. And so we got to know each other very well over that course of time. And we hadn't decided we were going to work with each other at the end of that, but I think what happened was fairly near the end of that kind of year, there was some deal analysis practice going on and I brought in a couple of deals and we were going through them and um, the general response around the table was, well, this is quite a good one, Joe. Like this, you found quite a good one here. And I had obviously completely backed off because I was thinking, well, that's all very well, but I have no idea how I would pay for it. <laughs> how am I going to do it financially? Sure. And um, she picked up on that and she said, you know, don't let that be the reason for not taking a jump because, you know, I've spent a number of years working and with people who I've built up a rapport with who are interested in investing. And so I can bring that to the table. And, you know, she would admit that her strengths are not necessarily in seeing what something could be. Yes. Imagining something, um, you know, once the work's been done, which is where I can, I can kind of see that. So bringing the two things together has worked quite well. So that, yeah, absolutely. And that, that beautiful kind of combination of different skills as well, skill sets. And, you know, I think people that are perfectly cloned, it kind of don't work, do they? Because all you're doing, you're just doubling everything, the good stuff and the bad stuff, you know, mm-hmm. whereas if you've got people of opposing skills, you've got that ability to <clears throat> cover all the bases and have a have a debate from different perspectives as well, you know, which is yeah, absolutely. really very healthy. healthy. That's really and good. She's got a very strong background in business as well because she spent yes. years running her own businesses, whereas I'd come from something where I didn't have to ever think about that side of it. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I understand. So that would have been another really big learning gap for me, but yeah. having her there doing, you know, helping with that learning gap has <laughs> been hugely beneficial to me so that's brilliant I mean maybe just moving to the the projects um I mean could you tell us um a bit about some maybe the key milestones and achievements in your property journey thus far the main thing is that we've just completed this development that we've started and it feels like a massive achievement when I stop and think about it when you're in the moment of it you kind of lose that don't you because you're just moving for the next what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing but it it has been a huge achievement and one of the biggest changes for us is that kind of difference in credibility from when you're you're first starting making those phone calls and speaking to agents or whoever it is and trying to get people to listen to you to now where we've got you know a team around us of people that we can draw on and that feels like a huge a huge change uh, when we started. Um, Milestones, other milestones. Mm, I I mean, I suppose the the process of getting that building was um, a very long-winded one because it involved offering on something that being rejected, the next door building coming onto the market with the same agent and being offered it almost off market. And then the other one coming back on the market because the deal, you know, went wrong for some reason. And so that kind of, realization that things you know sometimes it's a long game you have to wait you have to kind of keep the touch points going and wait and I think if I if I had a pound for every time somebody said sorry it's been sold um I'd be uh, extremely wealthy from that perspective and but it's never sold until it's completed is it Joe you know and and that's the point if you can get your offers in 
you know, and irrespective of whether they're accepted or not, even if, you know, if they're not, it's, it's your offer. It's nobody can say, well, that's, that's, no, that's not right. Or cause you've analyzed it in a certain way to, to spit out that number. And it's, it's all about just getting those numbers in, get, getting those offers in and having them sat on people's tables. Cause I think you're, you're, Proof and testament to that fact that people do come back. You know, not all deals get transacted for one reason and another. And you know, and I think the the outcome of what's happened. You know, you've got times two, haven't you? Which has enabled you to do a lot more within the development as well. Yeah, it's, uh, which is just great. Joe, we know we have challenges, and uh, things don't always go according to plan, do they? No. Um, but I'm wondering if you could just maybe take us through some of Things that you've encountered, maybe unexpectedly, and how you over, over, how you overcame the challenge. Give me two things. <laughs> <laughs> there have been, yeah, challenges through the project, um, which I think you, you know, you expect there to be, you know, things like funding not arriving, not arriving when you hope it's going to arrive. We had a. Um, we had one of the buildings was not registered at all with land registry and that can take apparently two years <laughs> to register a building who knew <laughs> on land registry um it was expedited but it still took three months and that's a three-month gap where a bank couldn't put a charge on the building so therefore you don't get your funding mm-hmm. um yeah you know things like that happen and thank goodness for the team that you have around you to kind of move them forward um I think the more unexpected challenge for me has been a mindset challenge, actually, which I I continually have to work on. And it's ironic, given that I'm sitting here talking to you, but I it's it's communicating, communication and and being able to um, feel comfortable to do that. And that's huge because actually every single thing that we've done through this whole process has been around relationship building. So if there's some sort of challenge um, in your mindset that you either haven't figured out yet or you're working on that can, you know, it can, it can have a big impact. Um, so, you know, and I, I, I didn't really know that that was going to be an issue for me. I've never really sort of thought about it before, but I didn't, I started to recognize that I, and maybe this is partly generational, I don't know, but I'm really reluctant to pick up the phone and speak to somebody. Like I would really procrastinate about it. And then probably email because <laughs> it's too scary. So I'm just going to email, do my email, which doesn't really work because you don't build rapport that way, do you? So you, it really you do really have to get out of your own way and speak to people. And I've done, I've ended up going through quite a cycle because I've had, I've, I've done uh, some hypnotherapy on this and I've done <laughs> some heart healing on this and all sort of various things, but it's massively helped. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with someone uh probably at the beginning of uh, probably around that time 2019 and she said she said if if it's really a struggle then just write down on a piece of paper what's the one thing i have to have from this one thing i have to gain from this conversation and how can i have fun with this mm-hmm. and stick it to your stick it to your monitor so that before you even pick up the phone you're like okay what's the one thing cuz yes. once the one thing started the conversation's flowing then, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, yeah. And then, 
you know, you can pick up on cues and you can kind of work with it, but it's just getting that one thing out. And I've still got that stuck to my monitor. <laughs> Not this monitor. That's my monitor because it just, just reminds me sometimes if I'm thinking like, oh God, mm. uh, no, I don't want to do this. What's the one thing? Okay, I can do it now because it's not overwhelming anymore. No, that's absolutely brilliant. And you'll see the stickers all over my monitor. <laughs> incredible. But no, I mean, you've been you've been great, you know, as a member of the Academy for what, two years now? Um, yeah. Some incredible things and you've, you've, you've stood up in front of, you know, the various groups and presented. And I have to say, and this is genuinely and honestly, you come across so professionally and personable as well when you present. And I'm sure people have said this to you. And, and it's, as you say, sometimes you've just got to get out of yourself and get out there and do it because, because the reality is out there people want you to be successful. You know, I remember somebody telling me we used to stand up in front of kind of thousands of people in our previous corporate life. And somebody once said to me, look, Nigel, everybody wants you to succeed. Nobody wants a presentation to fail. Everybody's there with you, for you, Mm. and wants you to do really well. And it's it's almost your inner self, isn't it, saying, oh, I might trip up or I might say something wrong. And and it's the fact of the matter is everybody in the room is with you and for you. So you're kind of on the stage with everybody, you know, and it's it's a it's a happier place if you think like that. So it is. And then I suppose also that realization that, you know, if something doesn't come out as you intended it to, or you forget to say something, or you know, you miss a big chunk out that you were supposed to say, who's gonna know that apart from you? Nobody else is gonna know, are they? It really exactly. doesn't matter. But um it's taken me quite a long time to get comfortable with that. And I suppose the other part of it is for me that um, what I try to do when I'm talking like that is to be, is to be honest about the journey that we've had. Cause you know, yeah, there've been, there have been ups and downs and I think it's important because if I can help someone else to overcome something or to, <laughs> you know, or to realize that there is a solution or, you know, there's someone to ask, then Absolutely. I feel that I've done, you know, hopefully a, a fairly you know a good job yes absolutely and you know yourself michelle the group i i, I kind of love the candor goes on mm. everybody's very honest um there's i, I don't think i've ever heard we're going to get rich in three days you know that's it just it's not reality is it it's not reality no. so let's get let's dial ourselves into reality and there's going to be a few bumps along the road but generally speaking those bumps you know, in a in a community in a in a group, somebody's probably experienced something very similar. Not necessarily the bump, but it might be very similar. In, and it's good to hear how they got over it. But yeah. equally, it's good to hear where there has there have been challenges because people that are facing the road ahead, it could give them that. Oh, I remember what Joe was saying, and I need to make sure I I try and avoid that problem, and it it, it can save you know, save bumps. Which is yeah, really, it can save bumps. Really, and really also it can save you from feeling like you're really stuck in, in the quagmire and there's no way out. Yes. Because I think another big learning for me has been that there's no linear path here. Like, okay, there's an idea of a linear path, but it's unlikely to be that because when a challenge comes up, you're going to have to find a solution, think around it, somehow get around it. And that's why the team's there. The team's yeah. there to help us to, gather all the facts and make that informed decision but you might find that the decision takes you on a completely different tack to where you were planning to be and then you know back again um so i guess and that's normal so 
very much so. Might help people to realise that it's not always going to be as linear as you hoped it was going to be. That's okay. (laughs) It is okay, absolutely. And you know, and I think you've proven that um, just putting one step in front of the other, you know, over the period of this particular project has delivered what is an absolutely incredible project. And you know, I'm sure for years to come, you're going to kind of think back and look back and say that was just. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. You know, and that's the thing, isn't it? You know, it's really, really important. Yeah, it has been little steps sometimes. Yes, you know, which is good. That, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's at least it's moving forward every time, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. Could could I ask maybe what lessons uh, you've learnt along the way? Um, that I'm more resilient than I thought I was. <laughs> and Great the perseverance. Sorry. Great public speaker. okay um thank you um uh yeah I'm yeah we're Michelle and I are both resilient and that we found perseverance where we thought maybe there wasn't you know and uh I think that that is really important um and I'm hoping that those lessons that we're learning are also feeding down into our kind of next generation obviously I've got my son Harris who's 12 and Michelle's got her daughter Brooke and I think that they see that too. So inherently, I'm hoping that it kind of goes down through the generations that way, you know, that you can succeed at things if you want to do that. You just have to persevere at it. Keep going, keep going. That's that's a great great, uh, summary, really. And, you know, how the the next generation kind of, I guess how we subtly teach them. (laughs) And you've probably heard me say from time to time, I'd, I, I tried the Saturday morning, right, let's sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and we're going to talk property. And that just does not work. No. <laughs> it really doesn't. But having the, I guess, the bandwidth, the ability, you know, the frankness, the conversations, you know, with your with your loved ones, um, even sometimes on a daily basis, but have them immerse them into this, the story. I think it's mm. powerful. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you follow our kind of social media, you'll see we often have them with us. I mean, you know, Harris loves nothing more than to put on his hard hat, his right. <laughs> little jacket and have a little wander around, poke about and see what's going on. He loves all that. He's that's really awesome. into it. Brooke's the same. Brooke likes yeah. to get involved too. Yeah, it's really, really more, Really, because that's learning by osmosis, isn't it? Which it is. Yeah, much exactly. more exciting than the whole. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, so what are your plans for the future? Well, we are uh, sort of looking at a few projects, potential projects. Um, Michelle and I want to continue working together, so that's that we know that. Um, I I've got a few things which are close to my heart, which I would like to weave in a bit more strongly as we move forward. I'm not sure how this manifests itself yet, but um, through my career as a designer, um, I was working predominantly in the healthcare sector. And I didn't really intend to do that. It's, I sort of fell into that really, but it really resonated with me because there's a lot about um, well-being and uh, you know natural healing and stuff that you do as a designer in the healthcare sector. Um, and there is very real data that proves that by addressing those things, things like natural lights, visibility of greens, green stuff out the windows, leaves, whatever it is, sky, um, you know, uh, having visual communication with somebody, other people, yeah. you know, 
uh, all those kind of factors can can actually make people heal. Yeah. Um, and so for me, when I'm looking at a building, when I'm looking at the, the kind of outcome that we might produce, there's a lot in that for me about how we can how how can you bring those well-being elements into something that you're designing. It might be that it's lost on the people who have bought the place or using it, renting it, whatever. But I would really like to be able to bring a bit more of that in. And I think over the last few years, the way that people live, work and play has changed. There's a real sort of shift in, you know, people working from home a lot more um, and needing their spaces to be a, to, to work for them in a different way. Yeah. Um, there's more of a drive and need for community as well with people. Um, yeah especially if you're working from home, even if it's just seeing one other person in the day, get, getting yeah. out of the house and doing something like that. There's there's these kind of little bits that are changing around the way that we do things, which I would like to be able to address in the way that we do our developments going forward. Oh, that's great. That's great. I, I see I see a bit of that personally, actually. Um, we've, we've, uh, we've got one of our businesses, Cornerstone Place, and... Um, they uh, they predominantly they're a property company, but focus on helping. They're an impact business, helping um, solve homelessness, basically in the UK. And mm. and some of the you know the projects that they've um, undertaken has had that element on it because it's really 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 important. You know when you're introducing um, a beneficiary back into society, there's there's certain things you can do, and the reality is that it doesn't necessarily have to cost no. any money at all. All it is, it's just thinking kind of beyond the magnolia walls it used to be to just maybe put in a bit of colour in or a feature yeah. wall or the layout of the furniture. You know, these these sort of aspects, making sure there's lots of light, etc., is really, really impactful. And I think that sort of service that you're, you know, you're you're proposing to overlay onto your future developments, I think will be massive. And people will you know, feel so much better in their homes, I think, when they, you know, when they move in. And they probably won't know why. No. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like a subconscious thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it affects, it, it has a real knock-on effect. And just, you mentioned there, just natural light, having good natural light, being able to see, even if it's just the sky and what the sky is doing, so, so that you can tap in to the daily clock. Yeah. And your body can tap into the rhythm of that. And therefore, your sleep gets improved, and you know, therefore, your hormone levels are improved, and you know, and suddenly, there's this huge knock-on effect, isn't there? Just for that yeah. one simple thing, because you thought about where a window is going to be, or the size of it, or you know, yeah. the, the aspect at which it looks out on. Yeah, absolutely. The, the room that I'm in at the moment, you can probably see there's Veluxes in the in the ceiling, which is brilliant. And as you say, you can see the clouds going by and mm. all those sort of aspects and, and definitely know when it's time to go in. You know, yes. <laughs> it starts getting dark. But yeah. uh, there we go. That's uh, it's really, really powerful, that. And I think, uh, you know, every, anybody listening and having future developments in the pipeline should really consider that, uh, for sure. So um, I was... Um, I was very, very grateful, actually, to my my business partner, um, Mark Stokes. Uh, so a couple of years ago, he he's uh, he was writing a book um, called "Advice to Your Younger Self," um, and it's it's on Amazon, and you can get a hold of that. And uh, he he said, "Nigel, he said, uh, would you mind writing a chapter?" Now, people that possibly know me, you know, I'm not that sort of person. I, you know, I'm a analytical one <laughs> I got to keep myself to myself and oh my goodness 
but uh, no, I got over Joe. I got over myself and thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. I am going to do this. And I sat down and I started writing this, you know, all about me really, you know, and the kind of the background and the experiences I've been through in my life and, and where there was key points that if I could have advised my younger self, you know, things would have been maybe a little bit different or, or whatever. And, and I, I wrote, I wrote this book and it was, it was good on a, no, a number of levels. The first level was when I, when I read the chapter, when it was finished, I went, blimey, I've done a lot of things in my life. <laughs> that was number one. Cause you kind of forget, don't you? Yeah. And, and number two, it, gave me the opportunity, you know, we were speaking about, you can't, you know, we've tried sitting down with that piece of paper on a Saturday morning with the kids and talking property. So what I did quite strategically and covertly, probably, I, I asked my, my two girls, I said, uh, would you mind proofreading the chapter? Uh-huh. Um, Joe, Joe, they didn't hold back. I tell you what, <laughs> there, was, there was red pen all over it. There were missed commas, spelling mistakes. They, they took me to town, honestly, on this. Uh, okay. On this chapter, but it was great. But what it did do, I think they learned more about me in that chapter than actually the new <laughs> I'd done. Because you kind of skip across what you've done in life, don't you? And it's yeah. in between journeys here or journeys there. But they actually had there was the script. You know, there it was. That was me yeah. up to the point. And it was it was very it was very humbling, really. And uh, you know, picked out a few things, and and obviously anybody's reading the book, they can see the advice that was given. So if I, if I put that to you, um, maybe if, you know, you could give your younger self uh, one piece of advice, what, what would it be? (laughs) Yeah, gosh. Um, I think I wish I'd understood earlier on in, in my adult life that it was okay to feel uncomfortable this idea that get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable because I now understand that whenever I feel a bit uncomfortable, (laughs) it's usually because I'm out of my comfort zone. Right. Mm. And then there's growth happening. There's stuff happening. Things are moving in the direction that I want them to move in. Absolutely. And it's okay to feel a bit uncomfortable when that stuff's happening and just to sit with it and it's okay. Yeah. Because when I was younger, I have oh well I have this really unfortunate thing of going bright red if I was you know if anything if if I was uncomfortable in any situation just bright redness it's so awful when you do that because you just feel like everyone's looking at you you're like a beacon of redness (laughs) and I just remember it so acutely kind of at school and and stuff so you when that happens you kind of you kind of do everything you can to avoid feeling uncomfortable because you just know that physically it feels really horrible yes so it's taken you know, gosh, you know, quite a long time. Let's not say how many years <laughs> to figure out that um, that that's actually okay, and that it doesn't. No one's gonna, no one's gonna die. No, nothing's gonna get hurt. It's fine. I just have, you know, take a few breaths, work through it, and you'll be okay. Because I think it would have. I think potentially I would have taken different path, or maybe a path different. You know, done something earlier, or you know challenged challenged the norm a bit earlier if I'd have felt that yeah um you know because the early kind of part of my career and you know I did I'm proud of it I did you know I had a good career and I had you know good friendships and all of those things were there but it 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 was all kind of very as expected 
I didn't push the boundaries very far until I kind of had my little moment of, okay, I've got to do other things here because this isn't really happening how I want it to. Absolutely. Um, and then from that point onward, really, it's been quite uncomfortable quite a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you've moved on so much. <laughs> it's, it's, a real, it's an interesting, uh, interesting concept, isn't it? That Again, somebody once told me, you know, this is kind of the, the lessons that, Nigel, look, you know, fear and excitement, you know, or nervousness and excitement, actually the feelings are the same. Yeah, similar. It's just the head, how it translates it, whether it's into a positive or a negative. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose, you know, I, I remember some stage work we used to do and and um, <clears throat> there was very much a talking to yourself, this is exciting, <laughs> yeah. not scary, you know, because as I say, that feeling's the same, you know, the stomach, the Mm. how are you feeling yourself but it's just how you translate it in your head really I have actually done that as well Not, yeah. uh, more recently kind of you know what is that okay well I know how, what I think that is but no I, no I feel excited about it whatever yeah. it is I'm going to do that's exciting we were talking about speaking earlier yeah. in, you know standing up and um, through my kind of working corporate life had to do that a lot but I absolutely hated it I mean it was awful I just felt mm. sick every time to do anything like that um so yeah now it's that kind of realization okay yeah I'm feeling a bit you know yeah feeling yeah I've got to stand up and do stuff I'm starting to feel the physical things but no I'm going to decide that I'm going to feel excited about it and I'm going to make it an excited feeling and I totally resonate with that yeah, and it's really right. powerful when you can point your brain in that direction instead it's, of it that's brilliant it's a great bit of advice there for sure how can people follow you or get uh, get in touch? Um, well, you can have a look at our website, which is jmbh.co.uk. Um, I am on Instagram and I'm on Facebook as well. So, oh, I'm on LinkedIn too. So you can okay. find me anywhere. Really. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, over the last two years, it's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for, for joining me today. On the, uh, on the Property Developers and Investors podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nigel. It's been great chat. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you would like more inspiration, why not join our Facebook group, Property Developers and Investors, or visit our website, www.equaacademy.co.uk.